Why isn't the delete button working? What's going uh, on here? Wow, this, this is cool. This is supposed to work completely. Wow, this is crazy. Oh, nice. Who this is something gives a shit? Sure. This is oh, unbelievable. I see. You I know see. what? Buck Fim. Hey. Okay. Audio and technical difficulties. We are back online. This is uh, just how sometimes go doing live things go. As Nigel, you can probably imagine when doing Autodesk University, what that would be like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. No. So. Um, so yeah. I mean, we're gonna go back through a few questions here. I mean, uh, for the listeners that didn't catch up uh, on what we had because it was silent. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> so. I guess um, just a, a brief introduction, Nigel, for yourself. Uh, you know, what's your background? How'd you get into the FM stream? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've worked at Heathrow now for for twenty years, um, but I think if I I look even when I started my career uh, as a designer of dot matrix printers, um, my thinking was all around uh, modelling, um, and using model output to actually drive whether it's design or how you manufacture or how you operate things um my time at heathrow started actually at um one of our uh, big mega projects which was our terminal five project um, this was a huge project back in the early 2000s and my role there was to really to try and put a, a structure in place of how we're going to deliver um, over a million maintainable assets. Um, we 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 we, we utilised, you know, new ways of uh, working with our, our supply chain, and we we really tried to um, get gear up uh, the, the the way that people delivered their their information. I've also worked um, within engineering at Heathrow. And that was really uh, interesting for me because it kind of puts your feet on the ground where um, you, you get to see where information gets used um, by our, our operational colleagues. And um, it's, it's kind of given me that, that whole kind of rounded view of um, round-tripping data right the way through from design through to build and then in, 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 into operations. And last year, during our... Um, challenging year with, with COVID, um, I was actually part of our digital transformation program, which was uh, really setting some of our bedrock for some of our future thinking in the, in the digital space. So yeah, I mean, it's been a really exciting time for me at, at Heathrow, I've moved around lots of different departments, but kind of always had that, that digital thread. And as I said, I think it sort of starts off my early early career as well. Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a hell of a career. I um, I know it's been crazy how the information track has been moving, and much quicker in the in in um, across seas and Great Britain and everywhere else. Like it's been uh, it's been interesting to see how the standard has trickled over to to Canada, United States. Mm. So, so I guess a, a big question is with all this data, it's it's really tough to manage. I mean, uh, there's a lot of data flowing out there. So how do you how do you deal with such a massive amount of data for a project at Heathrow? How do you capture all that? Yeah, no, absolutely, and it, and it is a challenge, and it, and it still is. You know, we haven't got all the answers, um, but I think what we realise, and we realised this um, when actually talking about the Terminal Five project, 
when we actually uh, were delivering a big mega project that was going to deliver, uh, as I said, over a million uh, maintainable assets, we realized that a lot of projects around Heathrow uh, were not aligned. Uh, they kind of delivered the way that they, 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 they did it. And the first thing that we did was to put a, um, a common classification system in place. We call it our common language, mm -hmm. which is now quite mature. Uh, back in the early 2000s, it was quite, quite new. Um, and, and this enabled us to call our assets the same thing, you know, wherever, wherever they were used, whether it's from a, a financial point of view, whether it's from design, whether it's from uh, construction or, or operating that, that asset. So the, the common language has been really key. And what that also enables us to do is to start to put technology in place. Um, for instance, our, our common data environment, which is made up of a number of, of tools uh, to help manage that information as it comes from projects and then moves into into operations. Um, our technology stack at the moment um, you know, has been in place for many years and actually some of it is end of life and we are looking at replacing it. And uh, we've been doing that over the last year, but kind of rethinking the way that that common data environment works. And we're trying to move away from transactionally working with our uh, supply chain into more of a environment a cloud-based type environment that allows our suppliers to progressively develop their information in our environment and i think this will be a big That's change helpful. and this is a big change for the future do you find any um like security restrictions from having cloud-based information yeah. yeah i can imagine <laughs> yeah i funny enough you know strategically uh technology and it at heathrow is uh, moving very cloud cloud based although we, we do get very twitchy uh and, yeah. and you know the, uh, about information mm -hmm. information can be quite quite sensitive um, yeah but but as i say strategically we do the, the challenge that i've found and this uh, i've spoken to a number of organizations similar to us most of our IT governance is based on um, on-prem type solutions and it means when you're putting cloud-based solutions in it just makes it that much harder to follow that same governance so we from an IT perspective are, are looking at, at readjusting our governance and our policies so that we can actually get cloud-based solutions on board a lot lot easier without having to um, you know, forfeit and not having to go through all the cyber uh, stuff, but just looking at doing it differently. Yep. Yep. And make it more accessible too, which is Yeah, absolutely. Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so I, the, the last time we chatted and we, we had a little chat at Autodesk University and uh, before that, we, um, there was a big plan, obviously, regarding the expansion of Heathrow. I mean, mm. that's, I'm assuming with uh, that presents an amazing use case for, uh, you know, BIM to FM translation. So I, I would assume that with the condition of where things are right now, that allows you to explore that further. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very um, good, good point about expansion. So last time, you know, we were, um, we, we had some, some big plans around our expansion and we were using that to really um, make the change in the digital digital space. So we, we were looking at, at using that to set Heathrow up for the for the future. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, in February 
last last year mm-hmm. uh, there was a judicial review which um, has put that expansion plan on pause at the yep. moment expected and that's as far as I can kind of go into that because there's all the, obviously yep. all the, the kind of league yeah for sure <laughs> but, yeah but there was kind of two or three years of work behind uh, expansion from the digital mm-hmm. space that really started to, to rethink the way that we um, deliver projects and how we utilize that information so there's a lot of good foundation work done that last year we used the 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 time that we had to put that into a a new digital program Mm -hmm. that is is now starting to look at how do we deliver some of those user cases in our future way that we want to work at, at, at Heathrow um so a lot of that work that, that we've done, we, we're now using um, for, for our kind of new way of working with, with digital data. So it's all, all not lost. And yep. for me, I'm kind of using this time where we have actually got quite a, a low throughput of capital project development to start to just test out some of these these strategies in the business. You know, So where there is a, a project, Let's look at, at, at getting that new way of working with that project embedded. You know, if we've got yep. a, a new way of procuring that information, let's get it out in, into contract. Let's see and test the, the, the supply chain's understanding of it to make sure that it's achievable. Because, you know, as a client, you know, we can say what we want um, in terms of informational requirements, but it's got to be achievable by the supply chain. Very and true. I'm really keen to, to make things that we ask for really achievable so that we're, we're getting the value out of that mm-hmm. um, delivery of data and the supply chain can deliver it easily. It's true. Yeah. So I, it's funny. I had a, I chatted with Darren Cash last week of uh, Turner and Townsend. Who, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who kind of feeds into that uh, whole supply chain. And um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how that information is, is being prepared and, you know, I, I like to call it a doomsday opportunity. That's just something I yeah. call it. And it's because it, these doomsday opportunities that come up where you're preparing for something that could be four or five years in the future, help us mm-hmm. learn five years previous so that we can be ready for it coming up. And mm-hmm. I, I always see that as an opportunity, especially to, to learn and, you know, expand that mental portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, it, it's amazing. And, you know, with with all the education surrounding it and your your presentation at Autodesk University of uh, last year, uh, the year before last year, it was an eye opener for a lot of parties. We there were a lot of behind the scenes conversations that started opening up about BIM to FM, even with with architects like, and architects and um, mm. cost consultants. We started saying like, are are we supposed to get involved in FM now? Like, are we yeah. Is that part of our process? And I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, of knowledge spikes happening right now with with conversion and how the data is being moved from beginning to end, which is great. I mean, you're, you're a trendsetter. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's really good. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, it is all about embedding that requirement really early on so that architects and the, the consultants can start to get involved in preparing that, that that data and it's doing it efficiently you know we, we don't want to put um an overhead 
uh, on, but we, we want to actually make use of that information that is 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 created and, and, and so that it can transition into the next stage of the design, you know, going from design into build and then eventually from build into into operations. And it, it's got to be seamless. And I think if you if you get that embedded in really early on and uh, bring those, you know, bring your uh, get your design team in, in, involved, have that close contact with the client. Um, it's it's an Id ideal way of, of doing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty excellent to see. I mean, it's pretty evident from the information that you've got gathered that the BIM to work BIM to FM workflow has been a positive impact for facilities managers. Like, could it, have you seen like the facilities managers holding the content in their hand, and has the positive impact come back to you? Like. Yeah, no, and that's a that's a really good point, you know, because you know, whatever we're doing, you know, it's got to actually give some benefit. Um, uh, and as I say, I, I think the biggest change that we made a number of years ago was the way we classify our data. So mm -hmm. whether it's a document, whether it's um, the the graphical representation of of the asset, or whether it's the information about that asset, how how it gets main, maintained. It's all classified the same. That yeah. that information is spread about different data repositories, and having that classification, that key within all of that information, has enabled us to connect those systems together. So, for instance, um, our um, operational colleagues, if they're out on site dealing with a, a work order to mm -hmm. um, and having to locate an asset. They can use their mobile device to um, click on the, the the work order. It will tell them the assets that are relevant to that that work order, and then they can find where they're located, and they, they will bring up a, a a map. Now, the technology to do that is really simple. You know, it's kind of URL type link linking um, bits of capability. Yeah. But the data behind it is the bit that is the intelligent. That you know that key is in all those different facets. Of data, and we get great feedback from our um, engineering colleagues, who you know are, are now you know holding these these mobile devices. They they can <laughs> get to their their jobs a bit easier. They um, all because we've kind of just linked some data sets mm -hmm. to, to, together. So that really allows us to to start moving that on to the the the, the next stage. So so we do you know. Engineers are, are, are quite hard to 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 change the way they do things, mm -hmm. but I think that was one example of um, change that kind of got us some good feedback, and um, it it also helped empower the engineers on actually having visibility of all the information. So even where that information was poor, they were able to see it, mm -hmm. and they were empowered to actually help to make it change. You know, to help change the quality of it. For sure. And, you know, it's it's interesting, too, because the the biggest discussion that I've been having recently and I had back with uh, Carl Storms on one of my previous episodes, the um, introduction of augmented reality into our whole yeah. building lifecycle process. And I talk quite a bit about a new wave of employment that's about to hit in the next couple of years. Uh, and I, I'm calling them experience architects. They're uh, essentially augmented reality designers that are designing an experience 
that can fit in your hands that's good for wayfinding, asset tracking, etc. All this stuff. Yeah. And we we saw that um, at AU a couple of years back with uh, which is now Locus Labs, I guess. Um, yeah. The yeah. Apple indoor mapping, which. So I guess the question is, is, do you see augmented reality playing a big part in the airport in the future? Yeah, ab ab absolutely. There's probably, you know, t two areas. I think probably if you look at how we're making use of that at the moment, it's probably more from a commercial base. So you talk about wayfinding, you know, wayfinding and re retail is, is, is a good revenue stream for us. And, um, you know, that kind of indoor mapping uh, technology that's available now, we're utilizing that to help, you know, guide guide our passengers, um, help guide them where the deals are uh, in, with, with, yeah. with, within within retail. So that's starting to get some 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 momentum, and and I think you know there's a lot more that we want to develop from there. But I, I also want to start to use this um, as the design develops, um, mm -hmm. and you know if you think about uh, safety inductions on on site. Oh yeah. Uh, where you can you can uh, you know just uh, virtualize people into um, in, in, into the site, or um, where we're we're doing a lot of um, you know one thing that Heathrow gave us was the thinking behind um, off-site uh, manufacture, so that we can do all the assembly on on-site. Um, we've got a tunnel project where we're utilizing that that te technique, and. Um, where we can uh, use augmented reality to move yourself into the M&E um, um, pods that are being uh, developed off off site. So again, you know, from a uh, how you maintain them, we, you you can sort of spin yourself straight into where they're being being built. Um, and uh, there there are many other um, user cases where. We, we can utilize that um, that that form of technology and you know even moving into things, things like operational readiness so you know once we actually get our uh, uh, our construction ready we then have to get our operational teams ready but if we can do that a lot earlier on we've, we've got a much better way of um, moving different airlines into new office space or whatever it it, it, it needs to be so yeah I, I can see it playing a, a real big 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 part, and and it, even um, in in terms of um, uh, utilizing it when, when you, you you're you're doing your your kind of um, verification of the the design against what's being constructed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Just from you know pure dynamics of person or person flow and stuff like that. It's going to be a very interesting world, and it's happening very quickly. And I think it's yeah, going. Absolutely. I think it's going to kick off once we start seeing the uh, the glasses appear, which is going to yeah. change a lot. And so, like myself, I've been getting prepared for it quite a bit, having to study up on all the different applications that are going to be taking place soon, and how we're going to be able to take data through all these different applications because we. Um, we don't see that data flowing through things like uh, Unreal and 3ds Max and Unity and all this stuff easily yet. Like, uh, yes, you can mm. take it, but the, there's still a lot of disconnects and a lot of communication to happen. So it's... Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we took our fire safety team through just with the cardboard 
uh, <laughs> glasses to, to go through the, this tunnel project, yeah. uh, which they couldn't get to during, during the day. Um, uh, and, you know, it was excellent, you know, that they, they were able to immerse themselves into the, into the design, yeah. which was great. That's fun to see. So I guess, um, you know, Heathrow has its own its own area to deal with. There's a lot of big uh, infrastructure projects. We have projects out in Calgary who have entire database solutions for multiple schools. We have the uh, Ohio State, which has their entire property all wired together in different classifications and COBE and all that. So, you know, data is big. So I guess the big thing is, is for for clients or developers or, you know, facilities managers, leaseholders, whatever, do you have any advice for any consultants when preparing a building lifecycle management strategy? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously, uh, it, it's, it's quite a... It's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Ab absolutely. And, you yeah. know, if, if you look at uh, technologies, there, there are a lot of overlapping technologies Mm -hmm. um, out there and, and a lot of the technologies tend to be focused at a different area of the the, the, the life cycle and you know there isn't a magic bullet solution out there I'd love to just be able to go to you know, a single vendor and, and have that total solution but but maybe that's that's not the best from a, um, a procurement uh, <laughs> a way you, you procure anyway so th there are a lot lot out there I, I, I think in your first instance, you, you need to get your data strategy in place. Um, Very important. And we found that really important um, across Heathrow, and not, not just around asset systems, but the wider kind of digital systems, because we you, you tend to go out and procure a, a, a system, and then you find that you need to squeeze your data into that, that system, yeah. rather than actually having a really sound data strategy that, that covers your 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 whole operations mm -hmm. and then the technology kind of almost becomes a commodity because te technology will kind of fade in and fade out and you you want that to happen you know you, your data is key and if you've got a really sound data strategy mm -hmm. those different technologies um, as you know as I say some of them will overlap you can bring them in at, at, at the right times if they're um, exploiting a particular user case, you can add some something on. But as long as that data strategy is in 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 place and you've got that foundation work running, um, I think it op opens the doors. Um, and I, and I think if you look at Heathrow, we 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 probably haven't really focused on our overall um, airport data strategy, and it's something we've we've done in the last year. We've kind of used the the time due that to COVID, to, yeah, yeah, to, to try and get this really, um, really sorted, so that we we can make sure that as we start to build back as a as, as an airport, mm -hmm. we are fitting things into the way we want them to to, to work, um, as opposed to being kind of kind kind of reliant on 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 what's what what's out there. So um, yeah, I mean it, it's. For me, it's always good to work with different different vendors as well, so that you can see the art of possible. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing, you know. Don't don't kind of just put all your eggs in one basket. Don't just go 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 to one one vendor. Um, be 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 very open and, and transparent with with, with vendors. 
because quite often they'll have to be working together to integrate yeah. their, their their solutions, and that really is important. You know, the whole um, in, in integration of, of of solutions. Yeah. So the big thing, make a strategy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I just keep coming back to data. It'll, Every technology and IT project that I've been involved in, we always have an issue about the data. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's true. And it's funny because we always get uh, talking about this product or this product or this product. Yeah. But it, all, it usually ends up coming down to you know you have to customize it to your your own solution, and you want to be able to pinpoint yourself a uh, a third party that can adapt and evolve with your endeavors so yeah no, absolutely i mean i always uh, relate i mean we don't use them so much now I, itunes or media player which one yeah. well actually it doesn't, it doesn't really matter as long as you've got your data right on all your all, all your albums exactly. they will fit to any of the systems any of those systems and you will be able to do exactly the same thing you'll be able to choose your album you'll yeah. be able to choose your artist all because the data is right. There you go. Yeah, it's a good fit. Well, you know what? This is uh, this has been a great chat. We um, like being part of the FM industry and in in general, or just just FM operations, asset management, digital information, is is integrating at such an early stage now, and it it's mm-hmm. up to and if for all the listeners, just really focus on where that end data is coming. I, I think the the last 20 years has been very transitionary because we were so used to, mm-hmm. let's say in the construction uh, or the um, project information model, we're just like, let's cut it off and hand it off. It's their problem now. Well, yeah, absolutely. for the client, the, the client really has to stress that we should be integrating all these things at the beginning and creating a strategy around it. And that's why the ISO 19650 is becoming so important. Mm. So I know again, Nigel, thanks for hitting that home because we, we need to see that a common data environment can work and Heathrow's proven that and you've really lightened our eyes up a bit in terms of how that should look. But uh, you know, Nigel, thank you for coming online. It's been fantastic. Great. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, really nice, nice, talking to you again and uh, yeah so yeah well uh we're gonna thank sign you. off yeah thank you very much and thank you everyone this is buck fam keep on bimming we'll uh see you next week when we'll be talking with uh juice fanu about uh, specifications and the integrations into with uh, new upgrades and technology it's going to be a fantastic presentation so thank you again take care keep on bimming <laughs>